0: Thank you for listening to the sermons here at Ascension Lutheran Church. Our worship services happen on Sunday mornings. 8.30 is our traditional worship service, and 10.30 is our contemporary worship service. We'd love to see you on a Sunday morning. You can visit us also on our website at www.alcrpv.org. We hope you enjoy the sermon. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks that you are a God who shows up in the midst of these times, that this is not about my work, my will, my ability, but about yours. Lord, you take these moments and you make them holy. You open eyes and ears. You soften hearts. You move us to to conviction, to action because of your spirit, And so, Lord, we come into this place and we ask that you do a wondrous deed. You transform us. You make us holy. You make us see clearly. Lord, we are relying upon your spirit to do the work here and now. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. I had an amazing opportunity um, this, just yesterday to go to a wedding at uh, Paul and Sharon Reiesty's house, uh, some of our church members, and man, they have a beautiful place overlooking the ocean and just this incredible spot, and their son was getting married. So David was marrying Tamara, and it was so much fun. And uh, the weddings just have this beautiful, this beautiful thing about them that you can't help but tear up, and you see the bride coming down the aisle, and and you have the groom right here, and and, I'm walking with these couples and getting to know them, and it's just, it's so much fun, and it's so easy in that moment to celebrate love and to celebrate what God is doing in the midst of that coupleship, and when we do that, when we think about the fruit of the spirit of love, there's this temptation to say, yeah, yeah, I know what love is. I just saw it. It was last night. Man, love is great. Love is cool. Love is fun. And that kind of becomes then the end and center of love. But something interesting happened this summer as, as we were studying the Gospel of John. In the Gospel of John, Jesus would come and he'd have a conversation with somebody. And um, let's use the woman at the well. And he would say, um, you know, I'm, I need water. And she would give him water. And, and he would say to her, if you want water that you'll never thirst again, come to me. I'll give you that water. And she goes, wow, great. I don't want to come to this well anymore. I don't want to dip water. Give me that water so I don't have to do this anymore. And he's like, actually, that's not the kind of water I'm talking about. I'm talking about the water I give to give you life. Nah, I'm pretty sure I just want the water. I'm pretty sure that, or you go to the bread, right? You have the guy um, with the bread and he feeds 5,000 people. That's a lot of people, a lot of bread, a lot of fish. And they go, wow, this guy's great. I have to eat three times a day, and every moment I'm wondering, where's the next meal come from? This is pre-refrigeration, you know, pre-cans of peas on the shelves. And so they're wondering that, hey, if bread man can just give me bread, problem solved. And he goes, ah, not that kind of bread. Different kind of bread, my word, my life. See, in the Gospel of John, they're having one conversation, and Jesus is moving them to this other conversation, right? This is kind of a common theme. This story, John 3, right before it, Nicodemus comes, and and Jesus says, you have to be born again. And Nicodemus goes, okay, I know the word born. What does born mean? Coming out of mom. Pretty sure that's difficult as a full-grown adult, So what do you mean by that? Ah, I don't mean born like that, but I don't understand. I wonder when we get to this word love that we look at the word love and because we've seen love celebrated at David and Tamara's wedding last night, we go, ah, that's what love is. But I can't help but think that Jesus is saying Let me redefine love for you. It's not water from a well. It's not bread from an oven. But let me redefine what love really is. And we have this hard time because we see love and we see what it is. We see water, we see bread, and we think, yes, that's it. I know what it is. But God's going, no, let me take you deeper, let me take you farther. In the Tuesday Morning Bible Study, we are reading the book, The Great Divorce. Quick show of hands, how many of you have read this book? Anybody? couple of you, okay. Amazing book. Um, this is not the book, this is one of seven books, so you don't have to be totally intimidated by the size of the book. This is C.S. Lewis, um, seven master works by him, and in here is The Great Divorce. Great Divorce is a book about a bus ride from hell to heaven. And on this bus ride, people are coming up from hell, and they're kind of like ghostly spirits, and there are people that come out of the mountains, real solid people, to convince them to stay. Hey, journey with me towards the mountains. And you watch these stories happen time and time again as they struggle with this question of can they go and die to themselves and go deeper. I've read this book many times, and as as I read this book and when I talk to other people the one chapter that comes to mind is the one I want to share with you. There's a chapter about a mother who lost her child. And in losing her child, she became obsessed with the love of this child. And it became an idol for her. And so the conversation is between the mother and her brother and asking very difficult questions of her. And she turned to one point and says, well, when can a mother's love ever be wrong? And he says, when the love of a mother gets in the way of the love of God. And so I want you to listen to some of these quotes here and consider what we've talked about. Maybe God is calling us deeper into understanding of what love is. Maybe it's not just the love that we celebrate at David and Tamara's wedding. Maybe it's not just the love that we see um, displayed between a mother and a child. Maybe it's something else. Uh, listen to this from The Great Divorce. Human beings cannot make one another really happy for long. That's not a great opening line at the wedding. <laughs> but yet true. True right? If we find each other, it's going to be disappointing. And secondly, for your sake, he wanted your merely instinctive love for your child to turn into something better. He wanted you to love Michael as he understands love. You cannot love a fellow creature fully till you love God. Sometimes the conversion can be done while the instinctive love is still gratified But there was, it seems, no chance of that in your case. So the boy died. Later on, he says, better and worse, there's something in natural affection which will lead it on to eternal love more easily than natural appetite could be led on. But there's also something in it would make it easier to stop at the natural level and mistake it for the heavenly Brass is mistaken for gold more easily than clay is. And if it finally refuses conversion, its corruption will be worse than the corruption of what ye call the lower passions. It is a stronger angel and therefore when it falls, a fiercer devil. Love because it is good. Because it does have so much beauty in it. There's so many wonderful moments that you just can't help but look at David and Tamara and celebrate and tear up and love being in their presence. But because it is so good and so powerful, and Townsend, he prayed this um, over our confession, that there are times that it can become the end in of itself. What a great line. Brass can be more quickly mistaken for gold than clay can. Human love... Human passion can become the end in itself and start to become our definition. No, love is what we saw with David and Tamar. Love is what we have a mother for a child. That's what love is. But God says, no, 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 no. That's not what love is. Love is what happened on the cross and in the empty tomb on Easter. That is Love. And in that, we understand what love really is. See, if we stop with our definition of love at David and tomorrow love, we miss what love really is. We miss the fact that love is perfectly exampled on the cross. That love is Christ's death to and for us. Love is being willing to be wrapped up in flesh and to walk around on the earth. Love is being willing to take that body and allow it to be pinned to a tree and to suffer an agonizing death. Love is being held in the ground for three days only to burst forth by the love of God so that you can know that you are loved and beholden and beloved by the king of the universe. That is the start of love. Love. That is what love is. And if we stop at all the different variations of love that we see in the earth, we are calling brass gold. So, I think what Lewis was doing when he was writing that, I think he had 1 John in mind. And if you want to, you're more than welcome to open up your pew Bibles in front of you to 1 John chapter 4. It's on towards the end of the, um, end of the Bible. So you can go towards the end and work yourself forward and you'll find it. But I can't help but think that as Lewis, in his such Lewis way, penning these conversations, these beautiful little narratives, these stories, um, was thinking about this. Beloved, let us love one another because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is perfected in us. I mean, verse 10, so beautiful, but so convicting. In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sin. Are we willing to define everything we know about love in light of the cross and the empty tomb? Are we willing to look at good examples of love, um, husband and wife, father and child, mother and child, brothers, brother and sister, amazing examples of love, but saying none of them are complete. None of them are the model. None of them are the goal. The goal is the love of Christ on his cross for his people. That is the start and the end, the definition of love for us as his people. And then once we understand that, once we see that, once that soaks into us, then we look around and we go, oh, so this is how I can love one another. This is then how I can see the next person. Oh, so you are a beloved child of God too. And I can lay down my life for you because of what Christ has done for me. And now everything turns to gold. Right when, when human love becomes the end, it maintains and be, and is brass. When God's love is the focus and the radiating of God's love on another, it transforms into something brand new and something that the world can never fully understand. Which is ultimately why the world put Jesus on the tree. Because it doesn't understand this kind of love. It just can't be this good. I think we have a wonderful example here in this church. Because we have this beautiful space that you come into, and at the center of the space is this cross. And the cross and the windows up front are, are just absolutely gorgeous, and we have such a legacy here of this. But I want us to consider what this cross teaches us, that as we come in, our eyes are drawn up and to the cross, that that is the center of what love is. But something unique about ascension is that our cross radiates light out from it towards us. So we are sitting, you know what, Ed, or can you just turn off all the lights real quick? So it's totally dark. No, do the other switch, do everything. There you go. So all the light in here now is coming through glass right? We have no other light, and the light is coming through glass. That light radiates out from the cross, comes down upon each of us, and we live in this light of God's love for us. It is the center point. So everyone's eyes, if you would, fix your eyes up there on the cross and recognize that it's filling This space with the love and light of God. Now, take your eyes and look to the left. Look to the left. At the human beings to your left. You can see them, can you not? Why? Because of the light. Now look to the right. You can see those people too, right? Right? Why? Because of the light. It is in the light of the love of Christ we now can see each other and how we can love each other. It is because of his light for us that then we can love one another. And John says so since God so loved us, and I love the. The ought. Ought we love one another? I mean, isn't this who we should be? Because we're people who are bathed in the light of God, living in this light that he has done for us. Now we can look to the other and say, oh, you. I can love you. I can love you not out of my strength and not as an end goal of my life satisfaction is loving you. Because as we saw in the beginning, boy, if humans try to love each other, ultimately they're going to be disappointed. I know we have some engaged couples in here. Sorry. That's okay. We all get disappointed, but the one who never disappoints us is the light and love of God. And so as we step from this fruit, the fruit of of love, which is the fruit that we're studying this week, and next week we're moving into the fruit of faithfulness, I think there's some beautiful connections here. And at first you might go, well, love and faithfulness, they're the same thing. But I really think that there's some powerful differences that allow us to understand the fullness of what God has for us. And so... Um, I've been spending the last week or so thinking about this connection of love and faithfulness, but I'm not going to tell you about it yet because you have to come back um, to listen to those things. But I think that in living in this way, in living in the light and love of Christ and allowing it to be defined as what Christ has done for us, we then learn how to love one another. And so the goal for each of us is as we walk into this place, as we wake up every morning, as we go through our day and we feel frustrated at at things that don't work out and and the ways that we want things to go and, and just, ugh, we can remember sitting in this room, bathed in the light and love of Jesus, that his consistent, faithful, steadfast love never gives up And after you've paused and you've seen that light come into the cross, then turn to that thing. Turn to that person. Turn to that situation. And saying, now in the light of the love of Christ, I can do this. And that is what moves brass to gold. Heavenly Father, we are amazed that you give yourself to us and for us. Lord, boy, is it easy to let good things become the end goal. Love, peace, patience, kindness, all good. But unless they're in your light, unless they're in your understanding, unless they are the way you see them, we are going to be disappointed. And so, Heavenly Father, I, I commit all of these things to you, acknowledging that each one can become an idol, Lord, help us to be aware of the ways that we fall short, of the ways that we don't allow your life, your love, your hope to give us everything. So, Lord, let us enjoy your love. Let us be willing to redefine love. Not like we see with, I mean, bread and water, all throughout the Gospel of John. But let us say your love starts it all. So Lord, as we go through this week, and as each one of us hit troubles and trials, let our eyes be drawn once again to the cross. That you don't give up, you steadfastly stand by us. Help us to remember these things.